we want to create this blue sea out here of how can we improve the lives of tradespeople. Welcome to BizBuild Podcast, presented to you by the good folks here at Diamondback Tool Company. I'm the host of the show, Damani, head of sales and media for Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow me at Diamondback underscore Damani, that's D-A-M-A-N-I on Instagram. I'm here, as I will be on every episode, with Connor Crook, CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow him on Instagram at diamondback.toolbelts. The purpose of BizBuild is to provide listeners an inside track on what it takes to build a business. It is our hope that you can learn from our successes and pitfalls and siphon knowledge from our various expertise so that you can get an edge in the business of building something great. Welcome back to the BizBuild Podcast. Thanks to everybody out there that tuned in to the first seven episodes. The response has been incredible. Even better than we anticipated. Shout out to all you all you people out there who have been reposting the podcast on your various social media, Instagram, Facebook. Um, what else? You know, uh, that's been really, really great. It's really helpful to spread the word out there. We hope we're getting you. You are getting as much out of the podcast as we're putting into it. Uh, with that being said, we want to move on forward with our next segment, and we're going to call this the Atlas Effect. Now, why is it called the Atlas Effect? Well, because this past weekend, Connor and I made the trek out to Toronto, Ontario, and Canada to the annual Atlas Tool Show that takes place the weekend after Canadian Thanksgiving, which is not the same as American Thanksgiving at all. I'm not even sure if they have the same sort of traditions like eating turkey and whatnot. Point being is the weekend after Canadian Thanksgiving, Atlas Tools and Machinery in Toronto hold a massive tool sale and each year it's been getting bigger and bigger and bigger and this year we what flew out on a Friday showed up there Friday afternoon did some setup and the tool show began on Saturday and lasted all day Saturday and all day Sunday um, I arrived at about 7:30 in the morning on Saturday to a line that stretched around the block for about a block and a half for people waiting in line for the event to open at 9 a.m. Um, and reports were saying that there were people starting to stand in line as early as 2 o'clock in the morning for those particular tool deals. Uh, yeah, Connor's making a scrunch face right now, but that was the report I got from James at Atlas. Um, and at that, event, at that event, we got an opportunity to really uh, rub elbows with, um, talk to a lot of people who are interested in Diamondback and also own Diamondback and really understanding or get an insight into the mentality that's um, sort of pervasive right now in the uh, modern trades world. Um, we know we know that the Atlas event sort of began with the idea of doing an Instagram meetup. I believe that Canadian Carpenter and Tulaholic, Joe Canning and Kiefer Lineback, um, respectively, um, were building rather significant Instagram followings about three, three and a half, four years ago. And they approached Atlas to have an Instagram meetup at the tool store. And Atlas, being the forward-thinking individuals that they are, agreed to do that. And that Instagram meetup uh, was a successful event. Tons and tons of people came out for that. And they sort of parlayed that into the current Atlas tool show. And now, three years later, it is 
maybe the largest tool event that I've, well, it's the largest tool event that I've witnessed. You've been to more of those than I have, haven't you, Connor? <laughs> oh, oh, you gonna stop talking now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing my intro. Um, it's definitely the largest um, sh store show I've ever seen. Yeah, so we, we saw a lot there. Um, so the, the, the growth of Atlas over the last couple of years has been rather uh, tremendous. Uh, there, I think there's a lot that we can sort of derive from what we witnessed there and also a lot of the conversations that we have with a number of the clients and prospective customers. Is there anything in particular that you got from that event? Well, I, I hope that Diamondback got a little bit of revenue from the event. I think we did all right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I went to the first open house that they did two years ago, and then you went to the one last year. And it is, <clears throat> it's been amazing to see the growth first year uh, and to where, where the show is this year. And like so many things that we've been a part of uh, as we've grown this business largely through assistance of Instagram is to see the changing dynamic of, of the people and the population that are in the trades um, I, I, the first time I came back from Atlas, I, I told my wife that I met a whole bunch of people who looked like they worked in breweries who are now uh, carpenters. Everybody had a close-cut beard. They all had on lumberjack shirts. They're all good-looking guys in their twenty, in the late 20s, early 30s. And while it's been kind of a, a joke, um, it also speaks to the power of the millennial generation as they're coming into uh, the trades. So you would say that the the majority of the customers there, I mean, well, I, I guess what I would rather ask is how did the demographic at Atlas differ from other tool shows or tool events that you've been to? Well, you know, the, the main other place that I interact with a lot of end users is the JLC show in Providence, Rhode Island. And that show over the last three years had, the, the change has been stark. Um, the, we sell largely uh, medium-sized belts. That's, that's, we sell more mediums than we do smalls and larges put together. And when we went to uh, JLC, we set up a whole bunch of test belts for, for people, and we quickly realized that we had to change everything. Everybody that came up to the booth was 10 years older than our key demographic and 10 pounds heavier. The change, though, has been this year when I went to JLC, I saw a lot of more familiar faces, both literally, literally and figuratively, I guess. There were a lot of people that I knew who I've seen at other Instagram events, who I've communicated with over Instagram, and, and just sort of the general um, younger demographic um, that has been a huge change. And, um, you know, Mark Martinez and I were noticing that for Martinez Hammers. Yeah, that it's like, wait a minute, all these young guys are now coming to JLC, which used to sort of be this old guy show. Um, but now the, the demographic at that show looks more like sort of the Instagram community that comes to the International Builder Show in Vegas or Orlando. And we see the same thing at Atlas is that when you're talking about premium brands and you're talking about the the, the growing population of 
raw numbers as well as purchasing power in, in the construction trades, you're seeing a massive generational shift from people who are older than I am uh, to where all of a sudden I'm the oldest guy in the room. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel great because I don't like people my age. They're kind of old and aggravating. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather hang out with the 30-year-olds. And judging by what you just said, the older people are also much heavier. Well, you know, it, unfortunately, it generally happens to the body. My, my kids often ask me if I'm still growing, or they used to, and I say, well, you know, kids, when you get to my age, there ain't but one direction to grow, and it ain't particularly good. <laughs> Connor, you're a pretty fit and trim guy, if I do say so myself. Um, Stop touching my butt. (laughs) So as we see this sort of shift in these events from traditionally an older population to a younger population, are we also seeing a shift in how people buy? Well, that's a, you know, for us here at Diamondback, and I was just having this conversation with one of our consultants about how do we merchandise in a store? How do we get people, if we get Diamondback into a dealer, which watch our stories, see our website, all about how we struggle to get into dealers. And then once we get into a dealer, if I get a customer to look at my product, how do I get them to understand what the product is? That This is not just a tool belt. This is a... You know, this is something that's meant for your health and well-being. That's a very hard thing to explain in a store. And I was talking with one of the owners at Atlas about that some time ago, and I said, you know, how, how can we better merchandise the product in your store? And he said, you don't need to because when everybody comes in our store, they're already looking at their phones. Mm. So the upshot of that is the millennial generation born with a – with a cell phone in their hand, they've already done all the research before they come into the store. Mm. So when they're when uh, they're coming into a store, they already have a very good idea of what they want. It's just like the experience we had this weekend. Um, we'd had Tim Euler and Kyle Stumpenhorst uh, had just released videos on their YouTube and Instagram pages about their experiences with the Grande rig over the last year, and we had we saw more Grandes percentage-wise than we normally do. Yeah. And every single person who bought one said, yeah, I just saw... Right, so-and-so on video. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty major. Um, so I guess in the past, what, what what the older generation may have maybe seen an ad in a magazine or a newspaper or something like that, and they went to the tool store to find out more about the, the product that they saw a picture of or they re- did a read-up of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whereas now... The information that's being put out there is so much more comprehensive and and full, and readily available to people who are internet and computer savvy. They don't even need a salesperson to sell them on it. Essentially, when they get there. Well, it's an interesting thing again, and for for how we're trying to interact with uh, dealers. Most dealers are selling, you know, power tools from the big five. That would be the the turquoise, the red, the yellow, the green, and the yellow, and whichever one I left out, blue. <laughs> You're tuned in to the Biz Build Podcast. I'm Damani. And I'm Connor Crook. Well, they have they, they don't make a lot of money on those. 
because if I'm if I'm a small store uh, and I'm selling power tools, well, I'm not just competing with Home Depot and Lowe's, who are probably selling a slightly lower grade of power tool, but at a different price point. I'm also much cheaper. Much yeah. cheaper. I'm I'm competing against Amazon and Tool Barn and CPO and all these online dealers uh, who are doing massive volume and lowering the prices. So it becomes very difficult for one of these stores to make much money um, selling power tools. Um, you know, as a consumer, I don't go to a store to test a power tool. You know, I'm going to say, well, the yellow one, I've already got that battery platform, and this is the price of it. The red one, I've already got that battery platform, and this is the price of it. And those are the two main criteria I'm looking at. Do I have the battery platform already? Because that's part of the cost. Yeah. And what is the sticker price? And after that, they, they they basically become commodities that you can, you know, one one is just like the other one in, in many ways. I mean, obviously there are differences, and, and different brands have different features. But once I choose which one I want, I'm just looking for the best price. Right. Which and then and it's less likely that you're going to get that best price at a physical store. Exactly. If as a consumer. I choose which one I want. I, I search the internet. I find the best price. It shows up at my door two days later. Mm-hmm. Why go to the store? And it's free shipping. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even have to, you know, driving to the store is not free. It costs me time and money to get there. I, I may as well just do it, buy it at night and have it come, you know. And the stress of traffic. God forbid you live in Toronto. Exactly. So the difference is in a brand like ours that is very much, it's not just, you know, a Diamondback tool belt is not just about carrying your tools around the job site. It's about how it feels and how it makes you feel. So that in-store experience becomes a very different thing. And you know, we saw that at in in Toronto at Atlas with customers, and they, you know, we we were right next to those leather guys, and and they customers would come in, they try on the the leather belt, and then they try on ours, and you saw this look on their face, like, holy smokes, this is a whole different ball game, and they walked out with the Diamondback. I wasn't going to let them leave with the leather one if they tried. I had goons at the door. I think you did tackle one guy. (laughs) Um, But the the idea is a Diamondback tool belt is is a very personal thing. The way people want to construct their own system, the way they want to put it on their body, the way they – you're going to be wearing this thing eight, nine hours a day, five, six, seven days a week. It's a little more personal than which seven and a quarter circular saw I'm going to buy. So, uh, I wish I even knew what that meant. <laughs> so the in-store experience is much greater for us. And so the argument that we try to make to dealers is, look, people are going to come to your store to try these things on. Because there's lots, there's, there's demand out there. People want to try these things on. Right. But you know, I'm an internet website. I, I, I'm not going to drive to your house and, you know. We do offer 30-day money-back guarantee, though. That's true. That's true. So... In a nutshell, why people choose to go into a physical location has changed. And what they get out of that visit is much different now than it was 15, 10 years ago. Um, And ultimately, there's got to be a shifting mentality by the people who own these stores to stop trying to compete with I call it, like to call them uncompetables. Like you can't compete with a Walmart. You can't compete right. with an Amazon. Like stop trying to compete with them and find a different lane with which to 
gain profits. You know, that's one of the, I'm, I'm reading a, a strategy book right now, and it talks about red seas and blue seas. Okay. And that we're not talking about Democrats and Republicans. No, nor are we talking about parting of seas. Oh. A red sea is I've got a company, you've got a company, we're competing against each other for territory within that red sea. Okay. It's red now because it's a bloodbath because we're fighting over mm-hmm. territory. Right on. A blue sea is when you decide, you know what? I don't need to compete against Damani. Screw Damani. I'm going to create an entirely new market for myself that sort of comes off of this sea where I, j- I don't care what he's doing because I'm building a market. Right. And so you know, it's sort of what we're trying to do at Diamondback is we could compete against other tool belt companies, some premium, some not premium, about who has the longest lasting belt that you can carry the most stuff with. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're about. Right. Let's take it all the way back to Jim Skelton. He founded the company about saving his back so he could continue to work. Mm-hmm. Diamondback's about saving your back and your hips and your body. It's about how this tool belt becomes not just a way, a means to carry your tools around, but it is a completely different animal that is allowing you to do those things, but in a way that you don't miss work because your back's out. You don't have to go to the chiropractor. You don't look like a broken down old man when you're 45. It's it's a different thing. And so we want to create this blue sea out here of how can we improve the lives of tradespeople physically mm-hmm. through our products, financially through things like this podcast that we can help these help tradespeople increase their overall abilities and create a blue sea, a whole new thing for people. So let let the other guys fight over those old guys who are broken down and, and tied to their old products. We're looking at this new blue sea where we're gonna we're gonna help this next generation of tradesperson, this person keep the craft alive, this dedicated high end cr- person. That's that's our customer, hmm. and we want to take them to that new blue sea. When we use a hated buzzword like. W- Holistic wellness. Yeah, don't use that. <laughs> That's why I said hate. <laughs> but it seems to me also that the new generation, whether it's late generation Gen Xers or millennials, want more out of their product. They desire more from the technology that they know that is available. Right. So, I mean, we talked before about the idea of the conversion from people carrying a BlackBerry to carrying an iPhone. Sure. And the idea that, okay, a BlackBerry was cool because you had all these email functions and you had a keyboard and everything like that. And then iPhone was like, look, I'm going to give you the actual Internet. And then I'm going to remove. And in order to do that, I have to remove the keyboard function. But you'll get used to it. Sure. And so they got more. By, and also eliminated something that was traditional that people assumed forever that you had to have. Tune in to the next episode of the BizBuild podcast for part two of this conversation. You won't want to miss it. You've just been listening to the BizBuild podcast. I'm your host, Damani. Follow me on Instagram at Diamondback underscore Damani. That's D-A-M-A-N-I. Or follow Connor on Instagram at 
diamondback.toolbelts. You can also find more about Diamondback by visiting our YouTube page or Facebook page. Hope you enjoyed what you heard here today, and we look forward to you joining us again on our next episodes. Take care. Don't forget to like and subscribe.